Last week we considered the story of, of Jacob and we're going to go back and reconsider Jacob for just a little bit today. There should be a moment in your life, if there's not, you should uh, long for one and pray for one when you have had a significant encounter uh, with the Lord. It may have been your conversion experience or it may have been something that happened sometime later. Uh, but if you had a time like that, perhaps it was a time when you felt closer to God than you do right now. I want to ask you to recall that period of time in your life, that moment when you had that significant encounter with the Lord, you knew you were in the Lord's presence. You felt as if the Lord was making promises to you, and you made some promises to the Lord, uh, perhaps contingent on Him changing your circumstances or are meeting your needs. You said, Lord, if you will get me out of this season of trouble in my life, you so felt his presence. You said, Lord, if you will help me, I will serve you uh, from this point on for the rest of my life. Have you kept those commitments? And are you still walking in an intimate relationship with the Lord? This morning, uh, we look back at uh, the life of Jacob. Last week, we considered his initial encounter with God. It happened in his life, in a moment of desperation, uh, God appeared to him uh, in the wilderness. He was worn out from his journey. Uh, he took a stone for a pillow, and as he lay down and slept, he dreamed. And in his dream, he saw a ladder reaching from heaven to earth, and angels ascending and descending on that ladder. That night, the God of the universe, the God of heaven, revealed himself to Jacob and made promises to Jacob, and Jacob made promises to God. And Jacob named that place Bethel. He called it Bethel, which means the house of God. Have you had a time like that in your life? Have you had a moment in your life when you met the Lord in a significant way and God made promises to you and you made promises of your own? If you have, God will bring that moment to your memory. He will remind you of the significance of that moment. And he will remind you of the promises that you made at that time. Now, last week we looked at that moment. It happened uh, in Genesis, I believe it was chapter 28. But 20 years passed in the life of Jacob. All those years, for 20 years, he was living far away from that experience he had at Bethel and the altar that he built there. Uh, those promises made by God and the vows that he made were now distant memories if he, if he recalled them at all. So I want to be clear about what I'm telling you. And I want you to pay special attention to me today, if you might, because I feel like God may be speaking to some of you and may have been speaking to some of you over the course of the last few weeks. If you have ever had a significant encounter with God that led you to make some commitment to God about how your life would be different, and how you would serve him. God has not forgotten that moment. You may forget it, but God will not. And God will pick his moment to bring that commitment back into focus. And he will call you back to that place in your relationship with him. If you open your Bible to Genesis chapter 31, verse 13. Remember, this is 20 years later. 20 years later. The Bible says there in that verse that God spoke to Jacob in a dream just like he had spoken to him before. And this is what God said. I am the God of Bethel, 
where you anointed a pillar, and where you made a vow to me, you made promises to me, now rise and leave this land and return to the land of your birth. Is God calling you back to a place in your relationship with Him that you once knew? Is He calling you back, uh, calling you to remember promises you made at that time and in those circumstances? God was calling Jacob back to Bethel, back to that experience with God in the wilderness, back to a previ previous moment in his relationship with God. Yet even as Jacob was called back, uh, there were some obstacles that began to surface in Jacob's mind as to why he could not do what God wanted him to do. And as you ponder any call of God that might be coming, to your coming into your life, there are going to be reasons that you find why you can't. Those reasons might relate to things inside you or things outside you, but they will hold you back from your obedience to God. But I remind you, God's timing is perfect. It always is perfect. It was perfect in Jacob's life, and it'll be perfect in your life. When God is working in your heart, He will also be working in your circumstances, and often our circumstances and the call of God will coincide. And these two things did in the life of Jacob. After 20 years of working for his father-in-law, working one job, you might say, he became miserable where he was. God will let you become miserable in a place or in your job or in your heart in order that you will become receptive to his call to make a change in your circumstances. And it was after 20 years of working for his father-in-law and becoming miserable in that moment that God appeared to Jacob in a dream and said to him, I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed a pillar, and where you made a vow to me. Now arise and leave this land, and return to the land of your birth. So realizing this was God's plan for his life, he began to make preparations for his journey. Genesis chapter 31, I'm going to read verses 17 through 21, and then verse 34. Then Jacob arose and put his children and his wives upon camels, I'm reminding you now that he's responding to the call of God to go back to Bethel. He drove away all his livestock and all his property which he gathered, his acquired livestock which he gathered in Padanaram to go to the land of Canaan to his father Isaac. When Laban had gone near to shear his flock, then Rachel stole the household idols that were her father's. Verse 34, Now Rachel had taken the household idols and put them in the camel's saddle, and sat on them. Now, God was calling him back to Bethel, and in calling him back to Bethel, he was calling him back to himself, and I have a sense that God may be working in your life today. I know that he's been working in mine to bring you back to a relationship with God that you once knew. And it may also be so that he's working in the life of not only an individual, but in the life of a couple or the life of a family. But you'll notice the first obstacle that surfaced as Jacob began that journey back to Bethel, back to this place, this relationship with it, that he once knew. You see that Rachel put her father's household gods, or the household idols, under her saddle in an effort to take those with her. We're going to take the household idols back to Bethel. The things that we've been depending on other than God 
the very things that we're still serving to separate them from God, we're going to put those things under the saddle and take them with us. So the first obstacle to anyone, to any one of us, you or me, returning to that place that God wants us to be in our relationship with Him is some hidden sin or hidden idol. You will never get back to Bethel, back to the place that God wants you to be in your relationship with Him with things under your saddle. I'm being serious as I can be with you today. God is stirring in your heart. Perhaps He's been for some time calling you to return, to return to a time when you walk closer to Him than you do right now. And in the course of that journey of God bringing you back to that place in your relationship with Him, God is going to bring you to grapple with every issue in your life that hinders you. And one of the first ones is going to be that hidden sin, that secret sin in your life that stands between you and the place that God wants you to be. Something you're holding on to. Something perhaps you're serving in your heart more than you're serving the Lord. Well, Jacob had been called back to Bethel yet in Jacob's mind. You know, and in our minds sometimes, God, you've asked me to do this, but you haven't considered all the difficulties that I'm going to encounter along the way. And the one difficulty that was prominent in Jacob's mind as far as he was concerned in making this journey back to this place where God wanted him to be and back to this relationship that God wanted him to have was the broken relationship that he had with his brother Esau. Twenty years earlier, you will remember as we looked at last week, he had lied to his father and deceived his brother and uh, his brother had vowed to kill him and that's why he fled And Jacob had not forgotten the deception that he had worked in the heart and life of his brother. And he assumed that his brother had not forgotten it either. And Jacob did not see how that relationship could be mended. And so uh, the first half of chapter 32, if we were to look at that chapter, it would reveal this great fear that resided in the heart of Jacob about going back and facing his brother. Yet that was exactly what God wanted him to do. And so while the first obstacle in your life might be some hidden sin that stands between you and your relationship with God, the second obstacle might be some broken relationship. Uh, And you just don't see how God's going to mend that. You don't see how God can fix that. And if God's been dealing with you about that and you're saying, I want to be what God wants me to be, I want to walk in relationship with God, I want to know God's fullness and God's presence in my life. I want to go back to that time in my life when I had a close relationship with God and God surfaces this broken relationship that you have in your heart. God knew about the broken relationship with Esau. Do you know what we do when God calls us to do something? We run through all the scenarios. We run through all the what-ifs in our minds and and we imagine the worst that might happen that if we respond to God and go back and face whatever it is that God is calling us to face. And that's just what happened in the life of Jacob. God called Jacob back to Bethel and Jacob had this fear in his heart and he said, what about Esau? Now when God calls you back to your Bethel, a place that you once were in your relationship with Him, you must trust God to take care of the details. Don't worry about the details. Don't worry about the obstacles. Just say, God, here's one of those things. Be honest 
and say, God, you know about this. You know about this issue in my heart. You know about this issue outside me in a relationship with a brother or a family member. God can bring you back to that relationship. But before He can bring you back to that relationship, He must bring you to a place of absolute surrender, absolute dependence upon Him And that's what he was doing in the life of Jacob. He was calling him back to Bethel. And so in this process of getting ready, Jacob gets his family ready, sends them on ahead. But in sending his family on ahead, remember he's sending them to Bethel, but Jacob stops on the edge of the river and he stands there and decides that he can't cross. He decides that he needs to spend one more night. And so, uh, the third obstacle in Jacob's life is this unwillingness to surrender, which God obviously knows about. Whether it's in your life or mine, it's the same. So in Genesis chapter 32, beginning to read in verse 34, that night the Bible says that Jacob was left all alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When he saw that he had not prevailed against him, he, that is the wrestler, saw that he had not prevailed against Jacob, he simply reached out and touched the socket of his thigh, boom, and Jacob's hip was dislocated. Then he said, let me go, the, the, the wrestler did, let me go for the dawn is breaking, but Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him and said, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob named the place Peniel. For he said, I have seen God face to face. Yet my life has been preserved. Now the sun rose upon him just as he crossed over Penuel. And he was limping on his thigh. What was that all about? And who was that man? Well, it turns out it was the Lord himself. Uh, He's wrestling with Jacob, trying to bring Jacob to absolute surrender. Jacob has this unwillingness to surrender. And so uh, God simply brings him to surrender by dislocating his, his hip or his thigh. And sometimes God brings us to the end of ourselves. Sometimes it's circumstances. Sometimes... uh, It's calamity that comes into our lives. But God will bring you to the end of yourself until you say, God, whatever it is that you want, whenever it is that you want it, whatever you want me to do and wherever you want me to go, I'm ready to be in the center of your will. Now, I want to remind you what we're talking about this morning. I'm, I'm reminding you that God is calling you back, you and me, back to a time when you walked closer with Him than you do right now. And and along the way, He is going to require you to deal with every obstacle in your life that hinders you from going back to your Bethel, back to that relationship that you had with Him. If it's a hidden sin, God will require that you deal with it. If it's a broken relationship, God will require that you deal with it. If it's an unwillingness to surrender, God will require you to deal with it. Now, there is one more that we need to deal with. Because Jacob went on and crossed that river, 
He had sent his family on a cross and said, we'll go to the place God wants us to be. He got rid of his livestock. You saw that. And said, we'll go. We'll, we'll go to the place God wants us to be. And, and we'll serve the Lord. And, and we'll live the life that God wants us to live. But he stopped short. He stopped short. And so the fourth obstacle that you may, meet, may need to deal with in your life is a detour or some delay in your obedience. That is the fourth obstacle. And so what happened in Jacob's life is that uh, he went to a place called Shechem. The Bible says in Genesis 33, verse 18, he came safely to the city of Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan. He was in Canaan when he came from Padan Aram and encamped before the city. He bought the piece of land where he had pitched his tent from the hand of the sons of Hamor, Shechem's father, for 100 pieces of money. And he erected an altar there, and he called it El Elohe Israel, God the God of Israel. So he, he did what God wanted him to do. He headed back, and, but he didn't go quite all the way. Shechem was not far north of Bethel, but it was not Bethel. He was at the wrong place at the wrong time. And let me tell you what happens when God calls you back to Him and you don't come back. And I could give you some stories in my own life about how this plays out. When you stop short of where God wants you to be, you'll meet the wrong people. Your children will meet the wrong people. Bad things will happen in your life that God never would have intended. And so His children established the wrong relationships. Uh, he spent a period of years there. We don't know exactly how long, but the history of that period is, is recorded in the 34th chapter of Genesis, and it is a history of heartache. He built an altar where he was, but that's not what God wanted him to do. God wanted him to return to the altar at Bethel and the commitments that he made at Bethel and the relationship that he had with God at Bethel. So I'm asking you to remember a time in your life when you were closer to God. Remember that place. Remember that time. Remember the significance of that moment and the commitments God made to you and the promises that you made to God contingent upon Him changing your circumstances. Are you still walking in that relationship? Or have you abandoned it? Have you, has God called you back to that relationship and you started the journey, but you stopped short? Are you detoured? And is God calling you back today? Do you sense God calling you back to that time in your relationship? Most scholars consider Jacob's time in Shechem to have lasted at least a decade. A decade passed since God called him back to Bethel. And because he stopped short of the place to which God called him to be, there were years of bad decisions and disappointments and heartache. And a generation of his children grew to adulthood while he was living outside the will of God. And he would live to regret it. After the heartache of chapter 34, and if you don't believe that God is serious about what He wants you to do, and, and, and He won't tell you time and time again, He'll speak to you over and over until you finally do what He wants you to do. We come to chapter 35 in the book of Genesis. Then God said to Jacob, Arise and go up to Bethel and live there. 
and make an altar there to God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. So Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, You remember those gods we put under the saddle? And they've been traveling with us all this time. I think it's time we put those things away and purify ourselves and change our garments and let's arise and go up to Bethel. And I will make an altar there to God who answered me in the day of my distress and has been with me wherever I have gone. So they gave to Jacob all the foreign gods which they had and the rings which were in their ears and Jacob hid them under the oak which was near Shechem. So Jacob came to Luz, that is Bethel, which is in the land of Canaan, he and all the people who were with him. He built an altar there and called the place El Bethel, God, the house of God, because God had revealed himself to him when he fled from his brother. Now remember, this is not the first time God had called him. And likely, if you're hearing the call of God to you today, and God's saying to you, I want you to return to a relationship you had with me a long time ago, one that you left, one that you abandoned. You started many times, and many times you stopped, because either you had something under your saddle, a hidden sin in your life that wouldn't let you make the journey, or a broken relationship that you felt I couldn't mend, and you wouldn't allow me, or some unwillingness to surrender, But now it's time to come back and to finally get everything out of your life that's hindered you from coming to that moment. And so if we were to continue to read the story, we would see that Jacob returned to that place. He built that altar. And just as had happened before at Bethel, God appeared to Jacob Finally, back at Bethel, finally free of false gods, finally back in the center of God's will after years of disobedience, detours, and disappointments, finally surrendered to God. Well, the question has been posed to you this morning. It's a question you'll have to answer and to which you'll have to respond, not to me, but to God. Is God calling you back to a Bethel of your own. A period in your life when you were more committed to God than you are right now. When you were closer to God than you are right now. Or it may be that you say, I've never had an encounter with God. I've never experienced God. I've never, I don't know, I know about Jesus Christ, but I've never personally experienced the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet this morning, you may sense God speaking to your heart. You may not even know how to begin to make the journey toward the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that's why I'm here. You can come to me this morning and say, Brother Eddie, you can do it at the invitation. You can do it after the invitation. You can say, I want to know how to make the journey to trust Jesus as my Savior. You may have already done that, but never made it public. Today might be the time for you to make it public. I don't know how God is working in your life or what God is saying to you. I know what God's saying to me. There's a journey that I have to make too. We just need to respond to Him. Let's pray.